0: All right, guys, I need to tell you about our sponsor for this week's episode of conversations. It's Riverside. I've used Riverside since the company started. Riverside is an easy recording platform that you'd be able to send a link to your guests, maybe your co-hosts. It doesn't matter. You can send them the easy link. People can sit in on the audience. You'll be able to record up to 4K, which is super helpful. In 2024, we need to have the best recordings possible for our podcast listeners and this is how you do it. Riverside makes short form clips called Magic Clips. It's incredible. You can do audience recordings like I said. You can do broadcast recordings and stream on different platforms. Again, as transcriptions, you can edit right from their platform. I've used it for more than four years and I believe it is your time. If you're looking to start a podcast, if you have a podcast, maybe you're sick of other different video recording platforms. I would truly recommend listening And participating in Riverside. They gave me a 15% off code for each one of you. So you can go to the link in the description and you will be able to get 15% off your subscription. So go right now, download Riverside and start your podcast, start your YouTube channel this year. Well, hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Conversations. I am Josh Andrea. I'm your host. I'm super excited to jump into this week's topic. I think it's gonna be a fun one. We're gonna be talking about change. Does your church, does your organization accept change? Let's get into it. So as we jump into leadership and really this idea of change, we need to, we need to figure out are are you are you a person that is willing to change? I know that within the church, there tends to be people who are innovative. They're there, there people who are forward-thinking, they're vision-oriented. But then there's also people who who really are not. They're they're people who who believe in tradition, who believe in methods and uh, always tend to be behind. I've had a lot of conversations with people who are outside of the church in the last couple of months, and But what, what, whenever the church tends to come up, it's usually this. Yeah, they're just so behind. And a, as I've thought about this, I tend to agree. And I also want us to not be that. Uh, I think as Christians, as leaders in the church, as pastors, we have the Holy Spirit. We have God incarnate. So how are we behind? He's the one who created everything we see, everything we're going to see. He's not only the creator of the earth, he's the owner of the earth. And somehow I think we're not getting in tune with him. So we're going to jump into some categories of people who who really model this idea of the the bell curve that demonstrates the behaviors of of specific groups that are are thinking change, and then people who are not about change at all. So, jumping in here, there, there's the five cata- categories, and then we'll go into the twelve signs of somebody who is forward thinking and who is an agent of change in their organization. So, number one, you you have innovators. So this is two percent of the population. This is this is somebody who is not even picking up on trends. These are the people who are creating the trends. These are these are Innovative thinkers these are people who are seeing something and creating something out of that. you have eighteen percent of people being early adopters, so these are people who are seeing what the innovators are doing, jumping on board ahead of other people. You have middle adopters, so these are people who who tend to go, "Ah, oh, give it a try that's okay and that's sixty percent of the population. So my guess is that's the majority so that's the majority of us listening if you're watching on YouTube, these are people who are watching the early adopters jump on trends and go, I think I'm going to give this a try. You have late adopters. So these are people who are seeing the fruit of something and going, I guess it's working. We'll do it. Hence the somebody who downloaded TikTok last year. You're three years behind, but you're seeing results and you go, I guess we'll do it. And then 2% is never adopters. These are people who are married to methods. These are people who will not change, will not budge, still have filing cabinets in their business because they're not willing to have Google Drive. These are the people who are saying, my way is the best way. So jumping into 12 characteristics of somebody, again, this this is somebody who wants change. This is somebody who I would say is an innovator and an early adopter. So this is 20% of the population. Number one, elevating the church goes beyond survival goals. We're not trying to survive here. We're trying to thrive. We're trying to win. We're trying to dominate, not against uh, another church, but against the devil and against people who don't know Jesus. We're trying to win souls. We're trying to reach our city, and we're going to go. We're going to do whatever it takes. That's somebody who goes, man, we don't have survival goals here. We're not trying to just survive. We're not just trying to get by not just trying to do things because we've always done them. We're trying to go forward. And those are the people, again, who are going to win. And again, this is big risk, big reward. These are people who are saying, man, this goes way past the idea of just surviving. We're trying to thrive. We're trying to win. And again, we're trying to dominate. So again, we're gonna we're going to push back the The survival goals. We don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. We want to dominate. We want to win. that's number one? Embracing new ideas and innovation is our norm. So embracing new ideas. By the way, this isn't truths. All all the, these twelve. We're not saying embracing new truths or or new revelations. No, no, no. We have our scripture. We have the Hebrews thirteen eight memorized. We know that God is the same yesterday, t- today, and forever. So so our, our mission stays the same and our truth stays the same, but our methods and our ideas can change. So we're going to embrace new ideas and innovation. This is just normal. This isn't something to be overly celebrated. This isn't something to be, wow, this guy's such a brilliant, thought out leader. No, no, no. This is normal to us. We got a new idea. We got innovation. Again, 2% of human population is... An innovator, so we celebrate that, sure. But it's normal after a while. This is something innovations is normal. Us coming up with a new social media strategy, us coming up with a new method to reach lost people in our city that nobody else is doing in the world. That's great. That's normal to us because again, we're people of change, and we're people of we're being on mission. I'll say that we're living on mission, and again, embracing new ideas and innovation is just normal to us. That's that's an organization. That's a church who definitely accepts change. Number three, maverick personalities are not just accepted, but celebrated. A maverick personality is somebody, again, they're there to win. They're there to dominate. They're not there just to get a paycheck. They're not there just to get by or just because my dad is a pastor, so I guess I have to be a pastor. All that's fine if that's something that you're willing to accept. But a maverick personality is not just accepted, so this is somebody coming in and going, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to dominate. We're going to win. And this is how we're going to do it. Let's go. To some people, that could be offensive because it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down, bro. You, you've only been here for six months. You're you're in your 20s. I was in my 20s once, too, buddy. I get it. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's not even just accepted. We're going to celebrate that. And by the way, whatever you celebrate gets repeated. So you want you want to... You want an innovative culture? You want a forward-thinking culture? Get some mavericks in your organization and celebrate them. Celebrate that publicly because whatever you celebrate publicly will be repeated because everybody loves being celebrated. So we're, we're not just going to accept people. We're going to celebrate people. We're going to celebrate the people who are bringing results, not just Isaiah. We're gonna We're going to celebrate the person who is coming in and saying, I want to dominate. And our teams coming with us. That's somebody again you want on your team. Our congregation thrives on tackling audacious challenges. So this is a congregation. This is your church. All going. Hey, we got. Uh, we understand that God's given you a massive vision for this city. We're with it. We're with you. Not with you forever. Run away from the person who says I'm with you forever. That's the most insecure lie. Ever nobody's with you forever besides your spouse and God that's it everybody else seasons come seasons go with people we understand that and we, we our congregation our church again is gonna thrive in this in this culture in this ecosystem of saying hey we're gonna we're gonna reach ten thousand people next year some people might go why how huh other people go let's go what do I got to do do I got to show up early do I got to set up pipe and drape Are we going to start a new campus? What are we going to do, pastor? I'm in. Let's reach souls. That is a congregation who gets it. And by the way, I'm not saying every church needs to be like this. I'm just, I'm specifically talking to the visionary, to the person who goes, man, I want to do big things for God. I just don't know how. These are great traits to look for in people that you can bring around you to build your team with. So, Again, we're gonna we're gonna tackle audacious challenges every single year. You have big vision, you have big goals, but we're gonna do whatever it takes to meet those goals. Because again, vision without implementation, we're not gonna be hallucinating in the in this big idea of big goals. Because we know habits speak louder than goals. So we're all working together, unified for a mission. That's a church that's winning. That's a church that's reaching people, discipling people. Again. This is, this is somebody who is an innovator and an early adopter, and, and usually the church follows the leader. It's, this, is, this is a game of follow the leader we do in church. They're following the leader. Whatever you do, I promise you they're going to be doing. Whatever you're feeling, promise you they're feeling it as well. So our congregation thrives on tackling audacious challenge. Number five, surprises are woven into the fabric of a dynamic experience. Surprises are just woven into the experience. Hey, surprise, we got to change venues next week. Surprise, this person left our church. Surprise, this person got promoted. All of those things, we're just used to it. We're We're not immune to it. We're not numb to it. We're not gray to it, but we are okay with it. Surprises are good. Surprises are keep us on our toes. Surprises are what makes it fun. Because mundaneness does happen. There are things that are just mundane. I work out every single morning. It's not fun every single morning. It's not lovely every every single morning, but it is something I do. It's because I've curated a discipline that's so much farther than just a goal. It's because I understand that habits speak louder than goals, but having a goal is a good target to reach for. So surprise, there's just woven into this. Hey, surprise, this is going to happen, and. You always get one or two people who are like, really? Oh, I don't want to add a service next week. That means I got to show up early. Cool. You don't have to. We're going to be here. We're going to show up early because we're trying to reach people. Surprise, we're starting a new campus and this couple is going to start that. Oh, really? I loved how they sang at our campus. Cool. Go over to that campus then. That's fine. Understanding, again, that surprises are going to happen regardless. But as surprises come, we're willing to be flexible our gaze is fixed on a future that unfolds with endless possibilities man are we looking to the future with great expectation not just one leader by the way not just you watching this you're you're the one leader on your whole team that has man i just people aren't just getting it no 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 you're not sharing it in a way that they understand there's a massive difference and we've had plenty of podcasts and videos on how to share vision and mission because those are the two things that build a healthy church, not just a big church, a healthy church. So again, we're gonna we're gonna look into the future with great expectation expectation and know there is endless possibilities. There's there's so many things we could do. That doesn't mean we're gonna do all of them. We're gonna do what God tells us to do, and we're gonna try our best. At the end of the day, we're not seeking perfection. We're just saying, hey, try your best. Whatever your best is in this season, again, it might look different than last season or the next season. Whatever your best is, I promise you, if we do that and we seek God in its fullest and know that that is our mission, we're going to seek God and seek his people, man, we can know that the best is yet to come. That's not just just a, a saying or a statement. It's a belief. It's a value. It's saying, hey, this is something that we value. We know that even though 10 years ago, our church was at 10,000 and now we're at 5,000. We still know our better days are not behind us. They're in front of us. We have to have that belief. So again, the best is yet to come. No matter what, we we know that the, the future holds endless possibilities, endless capabilities of you shaping your future can happen through this church. We understand that, but we do know it's going to take hard work and it's going to be worth it at the end of the day. Number seven, leaders champion for thinking beyond traditional boundaries. If you have somebody on your staff who is coming with new ideas and new results, and you are shaming them for coming up with new ideas, you need to quit. You need to, you need to get out of the way. You're in the way for what God's trying to do. You're the linchpin to your church's growth. You're the linchpin, you're the lid to your organization's growth because you're saying. The results that they are providing are showing you the patterns are not yours, which shows the only idea that's going to win is my idea, which means whether you will say this or not, their voice doesn't actually matter. Their hands do. And if you want their hands more than their heart, you should not be in ministry. You shouldn't be in ministry. You, if, if their heart matters in their hands, you are called. You're called to do this because we are in a a heart surgery business. We are people who understand that through God's word, anything can happen. And when we're building God's house, anything can happen as well, especially somebody coming in and seeing a new vantage point, new idea. And again, they already tried it. There's a pattern and you're going, no, we're not going to do that because that's something that we've never done. Okay, so five years ago, when you never did that idea before, and you did it, what happened? You accepted it and you implemented it just as much as anybody else can come into it. And we're going to champion leaders for that. We're going to champion people. We're going to celebrate people for coming up with new ideas and going past the traditional boundaries. I maybe they did a TikTok Bible study. Cool. That's so cool. We love that. We want to champion that. We want to thank them for it. We're not going to be the question askers when they talk about it either. But you're sitting at the staff table and they go, hey, I want to share a win this week. Last week we did a TikTok Bible study and 50 people were in and they all, and 27 of them got saved. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome, dude. Praise God, you're doing so good. And there's one guy, what do you mean? What church are they going to? What's your definition of discipleship? All this stuff is great, by the way, but what you just did is shot down somebody's win in the moment. There's a difference. Know when to Confront something, know when to celebrate something, know when to be quiet. The best leaders are the ones who know when to be quiet and when to speak up. And you got to have the balance of both. So, again, leaders championed for thinking beyond traditional beliefs. We're not just, we're not married to traditions. Think about this. The Pharisees were married to traditions and they crucified the very thing that was actually there to complete their perspective and belief system. The whole Old Testament painted a picture of somebody that was Jesus, their painting and their mind wasn't the one that they that they was right in front of them. And they're still waiting for him. And he died 2,000 years ago and was resurrected and was a true Messiah. And there's people who are still waiting for him. And he was there. Number eight, tradition evolves as we boldly redefine how things are done. So the, the traditions we do, the values we have are evolving. Values in itself will change over time. There's core beliefs. There's core. There's core values that I don't think will shape very much. Again, but you're not married even those. There are absolute truths. There's doctrine. You don't. You don't waver on that. But the the way you do things, the 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 style. I'll say that of your organization will change. So your traditions are going to evolve. The things that you guys do every single year might evolve. You might not do. The same Christmas Eve service every single year. That's okay. Traditions evolve. And we need to redefine how things are done. If something isn't working, let's try something different. But Josh, you don't understand. We've been doing this longer than you've been alive. And it worked for 20 years. Yeah, I understand that. And it's okay to try something else. It's okay to do online services if that's something that your church wants to do. And it's also okay for a church to not do it. We, we get in this like analysis paralysis of what other churches are doing and think that it's going to work for our context. Here's the reality. Your church will always look like two things. Your city, your zip code, your region, probably in a five mile radius of where your church is, and your lead pastor couple. Whoever that couple is and whatever that city is, that's what your church is going to look like. It's going to feel like. So your inner city Chicago and Portland, Oregon, organ, it's going to look different. And that's okay. That's the body of Christ. We celebrate that. We celebrate what you're doing. And we want to learn how you got to those results. We don't want to copy and paste what you did, but we want to learn how you got to that thought process and apply it to our context. My wife and I, we are in Southern California. We're not going to take specific methods that somebody in Maine would do, but we will try our best to learn how they got there and go man that thought process they got there we need to apply that to our context to be better leaders again we need to we need to evolve as humans we need to evolve as leaders again not on truth not on truth we don't we don't waver we don't shape our truth to meet specific people no 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 the bible's been around longer than all of us have been alive It's transformed more lives than all of us combined could even try to do because we can't do any of that. Again, the Bible is an absolute truth. So when we read it, that's truth. Everything else is not. It's your interpretation of truth and your style. That's how we can celebrate a church that doesn't look like us because we're saying they're teaching the Bible. People are getting saved. People are getting discipled. What more could you ask for in a church, right? We just need to get out of the judgmental world and learn how to celebrate people who are doing something that doesn't look like what we're doing, but they're having results. Again, we need to, we need to evolve. Number nine, congregation members proactively engage with external needs. So the people in our church are actually meeting the needs of our city. Nothing worse than a, than a church who's not meeting the needs of their city. At that point, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, I don't know your your strategy. Maybe it's maybe simply it is just to do services. That's at the bare minimum meeting a need of, of a city because people need to worship Jesus. We understand that. But does your church go into your city and reach people who don't look like them, who don't have the same belief systems as them, and just simply meet a need? Do you want to grow your church? Do you want to grow strategy for 2024? Meet the needs of your city. And have no agenda. Don't have agendas. That's manipulative. If you have an agenda, hey, I, I want to serve you and you need to come to our church. I want to serve you because God loves you and I love you and I cherish you. And I believe that, man, whatever's in front of you is so much bigger than what was behind you. That's it. Not all that. And I I need you to come to my church and I need you to serve twice a month and I need you to start tithing immediately. No, people are human beings, and we need to understand that if you are a pastor, if you're a leader in the church, we're on the journey with human beings. And every single human has different junk, hurts, habits, and hang-ups, right? That's okay. That's because we're all human beings and people are not projects. We can't turn people into projects. There's no you can't point to one scripture in the New Testament or Old Testament or somebody who wasn't the Messiah because we always teach Jesus did this you need to do it well Jesus was the messiah we can learn how he did something but keep in mind you're not the messiah you're a human being who yes has the same power that rose Christ from the dead in John 16:33 we're going to do greater things than Jesus even did yes and Jesus never looked at anyone as a project he looked at them as human beings he looked at them as his creation he created them we didn't create people and he did Jesus created them and still didn't think them as a project? Because in His eyes, they're human beings, and He, there wouldn't be, for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans eight one. There wouldn't be Romans three twenty three. We all we all fall short, right? We all fall short of the glory of God. He, those scriptures would not be in the Bible if God thought of us as projects, because He would say, "Hey, this is the four step process to get somebody to." To salvation and be completely sanctified no it's our responsibility to buckle up to have people in our homes and just point them to the truth hey this is what the bible says it's their responsibility to take that and apply it to their life that's what sanctification is not hey man in three in three weeks we need you to be at this point and in six months we needed you to be at this point no 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 it's how people work i wish I w- it would be so much easier It would make all of our lives so much easier, but that's just not how it is. So again, we're meeting the needs of the people in our city. That's bare bones. That's what we do. We're the church. We go out into our city. We reach people with no back-end agenda. We want to reach you. We want to serve you. We want to love you. We want to serve you. And we know that all of that in a pure intent, the byproduct of that is life change. And if somebody's life has changed, I promise you, they will come to your church. Number 10, we seamlessly blend innovation with traditions. So there's a seamless blending that happens when we we apply a tradition and innovation and people don't get upset about it. You don't get upset about it. There are things that maybe your church has done for 30 years and you're going, hey, we want to do this, but we want to actually apply this new thought behind it or this new strategy to get people there. That's beautiful. That's blending. You want to be a great leader? You want to be a great thought leader? You want to be the best pastor you can be? Learn how to blend traditions and innovation. Because there are people, again, 2% of the human population are innovators. So I would guess most of us are not innovators. We're not the ones creating Apple. We're not the ones creating Tesla. But we are the ones taking something and making it better. And that's somebody who knows how to blend innovation and tradition. Number 11, new proposals are eagerly explored, free from past constraints. So there's new thoughts, there's new ideas, there's new concepts. And by the way, this isn't just for anybody. The, somebody who served at your church one week and they come up with 20 ideas that you need to implement tomorrow, that's not how that works. I'm talking to, to your staff, to your core leadership team, and they're coming to you consistently with new ideas to reach people. They have new ideas to disciple their people better, whatever. Man, let's celebrate that and let's not have weird constraints or or walls put in place for people not to create innovation or change within their space. That's wrong and that's weird. We don't want to be people who are linchpinning people from their growth. We want to be catapults. We want to send people forward even better than us. That's fine. You could. I want you to be better than me. I pray you're better than me. Because that's my goal. My goal is not to have a platform. My goal is to be a platform. My goal is for you to stand on my shoulders and go higher than I ever did. I'd rather work as hard as I can to get somebody else to go farther than I did than hope and use everybody else to get to my goals. That's a selfish leader. Number 12, exceptional forward-thinking staff are drawn to our mission. How many people in the last five years have moved to be a part of your visionary mission. And they're forward thinking, they're innovative, they're leaders, they're leaders of leaders, they're pastors of pastors. And they're saying, man, I want to be a part of whatever you're doing because God's here. And I believe that with your vision, we're going to change a city by serving them. How many people? And that's okay. It's okay if it's one, if it's okay, if it's zero. Self-awareness is the first, first opportunity for you to change something within your organization. Are we getting the best of the best or are we getting everybody else's leftovers? And that's okay. We'll take whoever. And a true leader can take the worst leader, not even a leader at that point. They got nothing. The best leaders can take those people and turn them into agents of change. Absolutely. That's great. And how many people who are already there are coming to you and saying, hey, let's join up. Let's let's make a difference together. We're better together. If you got a lot of people doing that, I promise you, you've got a big vision and you're making room for them. The best leaders, in my opinion, are creating space and room for other people's visions. Hey, man, what's what's your what's your end goal here? What's your end goal? Not even not even including your organization, money wasn't an idea. None of that stuff constrained you. What do you want to do, man? I just want to do prison ministry. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Tell me more about that. And they share their vision, and instead of them trying to find another place that that actually works, why don't you make room for them? Hey man, I want I want to, I want us to do that. What do you need for me to help you lead that and run with it? Whatever, whatever God put on your heart, I can see it. And man, we want that not just to be a part of our organization. We want to champion you and what God put in your heart. What can we do to get behind that? You share that with somebody, I promise you they're going to be with you for the next 10 years. I'm not saying forever. Can't make promises that are literally not ever going to happen, but I promise you they're going to be with you because they know, man, I got room here. My leader is making room for me, and a leader who makes room for people will always have the best around them. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. I believe that these 12 traits of a healthy, vision oriented leadership team, staff, you even, will be either a a red flag or a green flag of saying, man, we're doing pretty great at this. Or, man, we need to implement things today so our people don't leave us, so we have vision, so we're innovative and forward-thinking and not 20 years behind everybody else. Again, we'll see you next week. It means the world to me that you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this via audio. It's so much fun doing this every single week for you. I believe that if you take anything from this, You can be an innovator. You can be an early adopter. All it takes is the willingness to learn how to have vision, how to carry vision, how to hear from Holy Spirit to get the vision. And with vision, anything is possible. We know where there's no vision, people perish. People will perish. People will walk away. People leave your organization. People leave your church. We know this. But vision and mission coexist. Vision is what you see with your eyes closed. Sight is what you see with your eyes open. I love you. We'll see you next week.